Welcome back to Dating After Death, a podcast dedicated to the journey of finding love again after losing your forever person. And I'm your not-so-anonymous host. So thanks for your understanding and getting the podcast out a day late this week. If you're listening after the fact, probably doesn't phase you. Either way, I was on vacation with my boyfriend and I had to make a decision between taking time away from this vacation with him to spend many hours doing the podcast or to do it on the plane on the way home and it seemed like a no-brainer. So thank you for your patience. So on my way to this trip, I was catching up with a few friends and actually am discussing therapy with a few of them. And no joke, I am recommending BetterHelp to my close friends, not because I want to sell them the product or because the show is sponsored by BetterHelp, but I just actually think it's like the best thing. There's just something about their whole interface and it's really innovative. It's very unique in the space. And just this access you have, being able to text or keep a journal on there and attend sessions is incredibly valuable. So if you haven't checked out BetterHelp yet, just as a reminder, our code is betterhelp.com slash dating after death. And that gets you 10% off your first month's membership. If you are looking for therapy or anyone else you know is, you can use the code. So go ahead and try it out. All right, hold up. Music change. Today's guest is not into sappy songs. So we need to pick it up a little know that everybody who listens to the podcast isn't on Instagram, but you probably know that all of my guests so far, or almost all, are people that I know from Instagram. And nobody has been quite as open about her dating journey as a widow as today's guest, who is Megan from My Athleisure Life. Megan brings such flavor to the conversation. She is a hip-hop lover. She has just really shared very openly about being on the dating apps and going out on dates and meeting her current boyfriend, who is affectionately known as Pony. More on that to come in the conversation. I found Megan a while ago and... Our situations are really similar. We are both sort of semi-long distance dating our boyfriends. That brings up issues that are similar for both of us. So Megan and I have connected a few times in the past and then finally had a chance to sit down for this conversation, which was fun and I think hopeful and real as she always is. So here is that conversation with me and Megan. Hi, Megan. Hi. (laughs) So first of all, I feel like you and I are like on a very similar path Mm -hmm. in our dating life. Um, And I don't, I think it was when you first made made announcements about Pony or like sort of teased that this was happening. I was like, oh, because you have a very large following Mm -hmm. and you were just like super out there about it, which I have so much respect for. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So this is why I was like. I'm going to need to talk to Megan (laughs) if she'll she'll do it. Yeah. So I'm so glad. I know. I think we were both planning trips with our boyfriends at the time, or I was debating it and you were debating like Dubai and yeah, we were like, just do it. Just do it. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So let's start by um, hearing about your marriage and all of that first, and then we'll dive into dating stuff because we have so much to talk about. I know. So Matt and I were married 10 years. We met in Arizona. So I'm in Michigan right now and moved out to Arizona just for something different. He's from Wisconsin, moved out to Arizona for a job. So we met there 
doing a volleyball league and kind of started out at friends. I was like, I don't know, this guy's a dork. Like, I don't know. We (laughs) became really great friends. And then it became like, I started approaching 30. I started thinking like, okay, I think I'm ready to get married. So I had to ask him, when we have kids, will you move back to Michigan? Because I need to come back to the Midwest. And he said, yes. And so, okay, I'm from Michigan. He's from Wisconsin. Okay. Oh, so he's a Midwesterner. Yes. So he was okay with that. So we got married in Arizona. And so then I was eight months pregnant and we moved back to Michigan into my parents' Mm -hmm. basement. (laughs) Whoa, that must have been hard. I mean, it was good for me. I love my family, but I know it's a, it was tricky, but we built a house here in Michigan and three kids later and life was really good. So you were married, living in Michigan for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I was looking back at your page. It seemed like he had an underlying condition that you were aware of. Is that true? Yeah. So he had a heart block. And so he had a pacemaker. And he had had this pacemaker for as long as I had known him. But mm. cardiologist had said, keep being healthy, keep exercising, keep running, keep lifting weights. So he was the healthiest yeah. person I knew. I think like he made us green smoothies every day. He ran marathons. Mm. So we never thought anything like this would have happened. Um, yeah, it came out of absolutely nowhere. And what year did that happen or how long ago was that? So that was July 3rd, 2020. So it's been two years, which is crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. And it was a wild time, like the night before, you know, he had just gone back to work because of COVID. I was texting mm-hmm. him like, I miss having you at home. Like, this mm-hmm. is so, so weird that you're gone. And he texts me like, I can't wait to be back home for a long weekend. Aww. And so... Yeah, he got home and like we went swimming with the kids. We went out to dinner with some friends. We played cards with some friends. Like it was a great night. You wouldn't have known anything was different. And in hindsight, I feel like so lucky that we had such a good night because, you know, like when you're married, like so many times you are fighting or you're in a mood or you don't say I love you or you don't go to bed the way that you would want to if you didn't wake up with your husband. So I feel yeah. lucky that that worked out the way it did. And then, yeah, we're, we're a co-sleeping family. The kids um, at that time were four, six, and nine. So we kind of played mm-hmm. musical beds. And so he was in bed with my daughter um, and I was with the other two kids in a different room. And so that morning when I woke up, I thought, gosh, it seems really late. Like, I wonder if they're up yet. And I went to check on them and he was dead. You could tell the coloring was wrong and Thank goodness my daughter was not awake yet. So I woke her up and it just, it was chaos. And I went next door because my best friends are next door and um, he's a detective. So he's familiar with scenes like this. And I'm like, I need you. Like, I think he's dead. I think he's dead. And that just started the whirlwind of that day. And, you know, every day since, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking, as you and I are also kind of in lockstep with dating stuff, my husband also died in May of 2020. So it was like so close, the timing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like when you think about that stage of life. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. And like also I know that because of the nature of this and like the podcast and everything that like some people who are listening are in that stage right now Mm -hmm. and just – I don't know. I was saying to a friend who's sort of in that stage, like, I don't know if this is helpful or frustrating, but like, it doesn't feel quite like that anymore. That was such a 
deep, deep, mucky. I don't know how to describe it exactly. That really is the only way I don't, it's like a fog. It's like, I don't even know when you look back now, two years later, it's like, I don't even know how I got through, gosh, the first six months, the first year, even it's like, yeah. Wild when you're raising little kids like that. So in those early days, did you have thoughts about dating or other people or love in general? Yeah, 100%. Um, we met, you know, I was, I think I was 20, 28 or 29 when we met. So uh, I had gone through a fun single phase in my 20s where I dated a lot. And, you know, I knew that right off the bat that that was something that I would want to do again. <laughs> Not the single dating part, but um, be married again, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So he died two weeks before I turned 40. And so mm-hmm. I knew, right. I was like, okay, I know that I'll have a chapter two eventually. It did not, it was almost like I knew I wanted it and I knew I could get there, but it was a long time before I really felt ready yeah. to put myself out there. Were there any things that you did maybe before you were ready? Were there like little things you did to sort of satisfy that desire? I mean, I no, I, I don't think I really, I really was not in that headspace. I think that I was so, I don't know. I I could not get there, but, but I'll tell you once I got there, I was there. (laughs) I was ready. Mm, All right. I was ready. (laughs) Yeah. so, So it was like a year. So, so it was right. So he died in July of 2020. And then that next summer I started to think, you know, it's summer. It's like, I'm kind of thinking I'm tired of being the only one that's, that's single in a group of couples. Like I was, yeah. I was ready. I downloaded a couple dating apps and I was like, okay, I'm going to see, I'm just going to browse. Like, mm-hmm. and so I felt like my friends were like, you should go on a date. I live in a very uh, conservative town and most people I know in this town are married. And so, yeah. um, yeah. So it's not like there was a big group of uh, single or divorced people that I knew. So I knew I had to go online and I just went for it. And can we talk about building your profile? Oh God, sure. <laughs> I know I was. I, it's so hard, right? What do you, what do you say? Yeah. When you made your profile, did you like run it by any girlfriends or guy friends or were you no, just like, Let's go. no, I didn't know. I mean, unfortunately, since then, I have a couple more friends that are that are single that I'm closer to in my community. But no, I didn't know anybody that I mean, I knew maybe one person and and she was had yeah. been dating and was jaded and over it. And so I kind of just did it like, <laughs> I don't know, like trying to be funny, but trying to make it clear that I'm a widow. I have kids, but I'm also like yeah. trying to be cool. Like I'm cool. I want to do like fun stuff. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you want to be like, I'm a catch. I'm fun. (laughs) I'm fun and I'm a widow with kids. Yeah, right, right. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I have this, I have this cousin who has dated for a long time. She's the same age as us and she, um, she was like my go-to person. I started calling her coach cuz because I would like send her screenshots of my profile and be like, I need help. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I know it's so awkward. Like, you know what you're doing. It's normal in your 20s. And when you're like 40 and trying to do it, it's like, what the heck? I don't know. Were you online dating in your 20s? Uh, no. Mm-mm. I was in Scottsdale, Arizona. So there were there was a big single scene and we were still going out to bars and stuff. So no. Yeah. And when you're in your 20s, you're just like surrounded by other single people in their 20s. Yeah. Not so much it's anymore. so different. Yeah. So how did the online dating world go for you? It was actually pretty good. I had low expectations. The first date, Mm -hmm. I freaked out. I knew that it was going to be bad. I was like, 
I, I can't wait till I find this guy that seems like my perfect guy because I'm gonna bomb, yeah. I'm gonna bomb this right. I'm gonna <laughs> this is gonna be bad. And it was bad. I was so nervous. I talked his ear off. It was so awkward. I I don't know. It was just, I mean, it wasn't awkward, but it just was like, I can't believe I did it. But it was one of those things like I had to get it done, like get it out of the way. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, now we can do it. That was, and we did not go out again. I think we text like one or two times afterwards. Yeah. Um, did you do drinks or dinner? Or- we got drinks and then we went to like this comedy show. I mean, it was, it was fine. It was just like... I don't know. I wish the poor guy was probably like, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Also, I feel like a comedy show is a lot of pressure because it's like, do you think the same things are funny that I think are funny? All right. And like, that was a commitment. Yeah. And it's just awkward, right? Do you kiss? Do you not kiss? Like, do you text afterwards? I don't know. Yes. (laughs) So did you kiss? No, 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 no. No, I was, I was too nervous. I just had to get the first date out of the way. So yeah. He was a great match for the very first date I had to go on. (laughs) Perfect. Yes. Okay. And then after that? After that, I dated a lot. A lot. Okay. A lot. Like a lot. Good for you. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it was fun. I think my friends, like I I started the nickname thing because my friends, Mm -hmm. like they couldn't keep it straight. And I'm like, this is so-and-so, this is 6'9", this is Pony, and to talk about like each of these guys. But, and it was funny, I kind of... I didn't like keep a diary of it, but I kind of wrote it down to see like, just, I wanted to jot my experiences to kind of see like how I felt then and how I feel now. And I think I went out with, this sounds, I don't know, maybe it sounds bad. Maybe it sounds good to some people, but I think I went out with like close to 15 guys and some of them were like, right. That sounds good. Right. And some of them were were, totally reasonable. Okay, good. (laughs) Some of them were, you know, several dates, uh, but I had never dated or had a boyfriend or been exclusive until pony Mm. (laughs) okay so i have some questions about the dating 15 guys thing okay um did were you open about the fact that you were dating other people or did it come up um i don't think it really came up i would have been if somebody would have asked me i felt like i felt like i had a good bench right i was like talking to different people yeah i make it sound like it was a super fun time it was also probably a pretty, uh, a pretty destructive time, maybe too, for me. Mm. I was uh, drinking Mm -hmm. probably too much. Uh, I was going out every time I had a babysitter, which I usually had a a babysitter, uh, like probably twice a week um, during the week at night and on the weekends. I think I was just really trying to fill a need of just, I wanted to feel attention. I wanted to feel wanted. I wanted to feel, well, I wanted to have a conversation with an adult. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it it was, it was fun. I met some really great people. Yeah. There was a lot of good dates, but it was also looking back. I think that I really, it felt when I was at the end of it destructive. So it was about six months when I dated this many people. Yeah. And, and yeah, by the end of that, so I started dating in July by, by January, by December, January, I was done. I was felt like I was so being so destructive Yeah. as far as just like going out too much drinking, maybe not being as present for the kids because you know, you're talking to all these people, sure. right? Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's so hard. And interestingly, like when you talk about wanting to talk to an adult, there's something also about wanting to talk to an adult who doesn't know like all of the trauma of your story like who mm-hmm. isn't just a friend, 
because your friend are like your your vent people. At least this is how it was for me. It was it was just nice for me to just like go out and just be a woman and not mm-hmm. you know not have to dive into all that. In conversation. Yeah, for sure, right, and not have to have to talk about it all. There was a balance between wanting to feel acknowledged as to what I've gone through, right, yeah. as a widow and as a mom, but to also let that go. I've heard other people that you've talked to also want to feel, we want to feel just, I just wanted to be Megan. I didn't want to be a yeah. widow or a mom. I just wanted to be me dating and getting to know somebody as just yeah. me, which isn't easy. <laughs> so then that makes sense to me too, that you would have stopped around the holidays. Like the holidays for me are so yeah. hard. So mm-hmm. did you meet Pony before that? No. So well, I stopped dating. I, I like to say I had a bench, right? There was a bench. So things just filtered out. You know, I slowly stopped conversations and stopped yeah. dating. And so there were probably one or two dates between like January, February and March. But yeah. I was dating this guy in, in like, I don't know. I mean, it, I would hardly call it dating. It, it was not anything that was emotionally fulfilling. And it wasn't honestly even physically fulfilling. It was just maybe time fulfilling, right? It was somebody fun to hang out with. I needed a date for something and I invited him to come to this party and he totally ghosted me. Well, first he said he was sick and then he ghosted me. So I was like, this has got to be a sign, right? I did a reel about it. I'm like, this, this has got to be just guiding me a different way. Yeah. And then like two days later, uh, I had met Pony on, gosh, I think we were on Hinge. Mm. Yeah. And and then I knew like it was over. Okay. Well, what about him made you like? We have a lot in common besides being parents, just like our personalities. And we both like traveling and music and having a good time and sports. And so when I met him, like we talked all the time. We were on the phone for like four hours every night and he was like, okay, I'm ready. I want to take you like on the best date ever. And mm. our first date, he gave me like these cards and it was like, choose your own adventure. Oh my like, God, so let's, sweet. Let's go have a drink before dinner. And it was like, pick one of these places. And the next envelope said dinner. And then I got to pick. And then the next mm. envelope said, after dinner, what do you want to do? And like the choices were, we had joked about the trip to Mexico. I was like, I just need to get out of here. Like, I feel like we would have fun. Like, take me to Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> and so the last envelope he gave me was like, second date was a choice second date um first kiss or trip to mexico oh. and then the other card said like all of the above and i was like all of the above oh my god <laughs> I uh, yeah it was just so good oh, i felt like every guy before that they might have had the words that i wanted to hear but most of the time they did not have any, the actions to back it up right yeah. it was like oh yeah i totally want to hang out with you again but they never called or i didn't like them for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And he was the first guy that it was like, oh my God, what was I doing? What was I doing messing around with all these other people? What was I doing? Feeling so miserable when I just needed to be patient and wait. Yeah. This is right in line with the stuff that I've been posting like about like men taking action. And I think this is like one of the number one things that attracted me to my boyfriend at the beginning too. Date like three, he was like, I really want to take you to Miami for the weekend. There's this place I love to eat down there. Let's just go. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> I can't just scoop away right, to Miami with right. you. He's like, why not? Right. And I was like, oh my God, maybe I can. Yeah, you exactly. Know? And I just like that. It's not just like talking. It's like, let's just do it. 
Yes. Like life is short. Let's do it. And this. I feel like if a if a guy really likes you, his actions, he'll show up. His actions. Yeah. So when you really like somebody, I in hindsight, it probably felt like I really liked a couple of those guys. And yeah, yeah it was like, why are your actions? You're not showing me that you like, even though you might say that. It's like, I need to just see your actions are just not, you're not there. Yeah. Well, Pony set the bar pretty damn high for a first date. With I know. The choose your own adventure. I oh, and I have to tell you something else because I feel like listening to your podcast and so many people share yeah. different stories about this that I feel like the different thing about Pony and what I think when we're dating as widows, we want to be acknowledged, right? As, as a widow. Mm-hmm that's a tricky thing, right? How do you bring it up? How do you talk about it? And we were like two hours into the date and he had not mentioned me being a widow at all. Like he had not asked about it. He had not. But he knew. He knew. Yeah. He just never acknowledged it. And it got to be like towards, towards the end of the date. And I was like, are you going to ask me about being a widow? Are you going to ask me about my husband dying? And yeah, because I felt like, you know, I wanted, you know, you want to share, there was a variable amount of what I would share at certain dates. Some dates I would share a lot about the whole story and others, it would just brush the surface. But yeah, I was so used to talking on it on every date or at least bringing it up that I was really surprised that he didn't bring it up. And it made me mad, right? Because Matt, Matt was such an important part of my life. This is obviously like such a huge thing that I've gone through and I want to talk about it, or I want you to acknowledge it. Right. And so Mm -hmm. after I said that to him, he had said to me, I do want to know all about that, but I'm here to know you and I want to know you and Mm -hmm. I'll unwrap all of that with you later, but I want to know you. Mm -hmm. And and at first I was like, but that is me, but I don't know. In hindsight now, I really appreciate that. He said that, that he acknowledged Mm -hmm. that he wanted to know me and that was okay to not have to talk about it. It was okay. Yeah. Which was weird. Yeah. I really appreciate you bringing that up. I think that there's like this tendency for us to really want people to do the right thing right away mm-hmm. or to like be everything that we want them to be right when we meet them, you know? And it's like, yeah. this is a very tricky situation we are in mm-hmm. and to be dating. And like, even with my boyfriend, I find, you know, sometimes I just have to, to say to him, I need you to ask me more about mm-hmm. him or I, yeah. you know, I, I need to be able to just vent to you tonight about this, but like it, they can't be in our heads. I don't know. I just like that yeah. that you're saying like, it's a process. Yeah. And nobody's going to be perfect. And I think I do the same thing with Pony and I say like, this is, this is what I need from you because yeah. gosh, we half the time, we don't know what, what we need. We don't know what we need our friends yes. to do. Like we don't know till. I don't know until you're in it. And yeah, I'll do I'll do the same thing. And I, and I feel like I just want to tell everybody, right? The right guy will hold space for you. And the right guy yeah. will let you cry about your husband that's dead. And yeah. yeah. And like you're saying, we don't even know what we need. And it changes uh-huh. all the time. Right? I know. So, yeah. I've thought a lot about how like, oh, it is actually pretty tricky to be dating me just because I'm all over the place all the time. Yeah. I am too, but it, the right guy is out there. I feel like yep. Pony's been so good with stuff like that. And I'm like, I can't imagine, especially with like jealousy stuff. I think that's so tricky. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can't imagine walking into somebody's house and seeing pictures yeah. and knowing that that, that person's always going to be in, in our lives. Yeah. It takes like a, a, a confident person to be able to do that. 100%. How did he get the nickname Pony? I feel like I missed <laughs> that story somewhere along the way. Oh gosh. He hates it. Mm. No, he, he doesn't hate he it. Nickname? 
Well, okay. So there's been, there's been a few times when he's spent time with me that, that somebody's actually said like, is this pony? And he's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So when we were first talking, we were talking about how we love like old, like nineties and two thousands, like rap and hip hop and R and B or whatever. And he, <laughs> oh God, he hates the story. And he was like, you should see this dance I have to Genuine's Pony. And I was like, well, I'm going to need to see that. And so, so then I was like, nickname is Pony, whatever, not realizing that it would stick. And then whenever I say Jason, everyone's like, who's Jason? I'm like, fine, yeah, fine. We're just going to keep calling him Pony. I don't know. He's like, whatever. I mean, the funniest thing to me about that being his nickname is I just... I have this vision of him like doing this dance, even though I didn't know that story. I just like picture him like galloping around a room. It's like, not a swinging gallop. Do you even know what genuine pony song is? No. Okay. Oh my God. Look it up. It's like, it's like a sexy song. Come on. Oh, so it's a sexy move. Cause I'm picturing yeah. a gallop around the room swinging. A oh my God. No, it is a sexy song. Oh my gosh. You've never seen oh. magic Mike. What's wrong? No. Oh, I know. Lord. Okay, okay. Okay. Although now that you're saying this, Leanne Bridges does a version of this song of Pony. It's like all coming together in my mind. Do you know okay. Leanne Bridges? No. He's amazing. He's like he's like old Motown, but today it's like okay, so amazing. Really. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna send. I'll send you the link. Okay. But can it, you you're please? Like very sensual. Okay, you need to lead into this podcast playing the genuine song so that, you know. I would love to, but I can't, you know, because podcasting rights. All right. <laughs> Unless well, I get genuine's approval. <laughs> I don't think he's going to approve, <laughs> but listen to it. Okay, I will. Galloping around, maybe, what is wrong? He showed me the dance in Mexico, okay? It's very nice. It's a good dance. It's- <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was a nice little yeah. image. Okay. Side, sidebar. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay. So like, okay, this is a more serious question, but is there something about him? And I think I've asked a few people this because I feel like I can pinpoint it in my boyfriend. Like, is there something that happened in his life that made him like, sure, I'll date a widow? Gosh, I don't know. I mean, he's been divorced twice. So I think that he's, uh, I don't know. He was, he's a therapy person. He believes in Mm. working on himself. He did a lot of that before we met. So I think that he, yeah, is a really good listener and is really supportive. So sometimes I think he was probably like, oh, sweet. I'm not going to have any baby daddy drama. Like this is perfect. And I'm like, if you only knew (laughs) it's way worse than an ex-husband. How do you feel like him having been married twice has played into your relationship with him well that's hard yeah it's hard so the first time he was married is with his kids' mom and they've been divorced i think like seven ish years and so that's fine i i have talked to her a little bit on facebook i have only hopes for a really great relationship with her yeah so it's been far removed that i feel like they do pretty well together. They seem to have a healthy relationship. I haven't seen anything negative or a red flag or would make me feel any type of way towards yeah. their relationship or her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he was separated when we had started dating. This was a short marriage and uh, they had no kids together. They had no house, no. So it was a pretty clean divorce and they definitely don't speak at all. So that's felt good. Yeah. So it's been, it's been okay. It's an adjustment just dealing with 
essentially another woman that is part of our lives. So I've talked about that recently, navigating that. And I mean, maybe I'm being naive. I hope not, but I see us all being able to spend time together and only making it. I try to tell my kids and I want, you know, his kids to know that multiplying love is an amazing thing. And if we can Mm -hmm. always think of what's best for them, even when it's not easy for us as adults, then hopefully that it'll be good. Are you spending a decent amount of time with his kids? I'm actually not. And so this is, this is interesting. And I wonder if others feel the same way. And I've told him this, I was very honest with him about this in the beginning. So when I don't have my kids, right, we have our kids 24 seven. So when I have a babysitter or I have a weekend where my kids are with friends or are with my parents, I don't want to be around any other kids. (laughs) And I had to be really honest with him. So the first time I met his kids, I got a babysitter and I I met them. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that, that was great, but I had to come to, and that was at the beginning. I'm feeling a little bit different now, but at the beginning I was like, I just, if, if my parents have the kids for the weekend, I don't want to go to your house and spend time with your kids and you. Like, I I don't know, that sounds really selfish, but he understood that. So yeah. So anytime that I spend with his kids, my kids are also there. So that's the way that's been working out. Yeah. And I would just want to say that like, I don't think it's selfish. I work around this in my head a lot too. What is selfish and what is just like, this season of life. Like if we had met in our twenties, we would have had like all this uninterrupted Mm -hmm. time together where we would have just been like sleeping at each other's houses and going out constantly. And that's just not life right now. So I don't think it's selfish to like prioritize time together because you hardly ever get it. Yeah. So I felt, it felt weird to think that way because I don't know, but yeah. So it's been working out. He has his kids one week on one week off. So on the weeks he doesn't have okay. his kids, he's been coming here to my house. We're about an hour apart. So he comes to my yeah. house and spends time here. When he does have yeah. his kids, then we usually do something all together or we'll both get a babysitter. And do yeah. Something. That sounds like about what we're doing too. Yeah. And how do the kids get along? Good. Good. I mean, so his kids have been through, you know, obviously another marriage. His kids have been through another serious girlfriend that he's had. And then his ex-wife is also lives with somebody and they have have a child. So they don't have a child together, but there's another child involved. And so I think that his kids are more used are used to that. Mine are complete opposite. I think they're more oblivious. I don't I know that my kids have not connected that this could turn into us getting married and stepkids and maybe moving. They have not even, it's not even like crossed their mind. I don't think we haven't addressed, we haven't talked about it, but so, so when the kids hang out, it's, it's as if I'm hanging out with any of my other friends' kids, there's interaction, but there's not, but they get along. And so, yeah, yeah, it's been good. It's, it's a little, it's gotten to be a little tricky because they're the same age. So I have an 11 year old boy. He does too. I have a nine year old girl. And he does too. And so oh, wow. it's a little bit of, which Good sounds fun, right? It sounds fun. And uh-huh. ho- hopefully there'll be a lot of fun moments. And sometimes there's some comparison or I, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just different. Yeah. I know you were posting about like yeah, how your son was doing the climbing wall and then mm-hmm. his son wasn't really ready for that. And mm-hmm. we had a similar experience at the skate park where oh, my little yeah. guy was just kind of like all over the place and yeah. his son was just like scared, you know? Mm-hmm. And then like, what do you do in that moment? Because for me, my son was like, well, why won't he just do it? 
you know? Right. And I'm like, well, right. everybody's different. Like, right. Exactly. But then it puts like we a weird thing between them. I know. And I don't know how they take it. I mean, Pony was certainly patient with him and, you know, I've said, like I said, like I'm the mom, right? I'm the mother, I'm mother of the kids. Like I wanted to take over and give him a pep talk and be like, you can do this. And, but yeah, that's not my role right now. I mean, I, I can support him and cheer him on, but I can't intervene. Right. So I had to yeah. try to step back and just let Pony like handle his child the way he knows best. I don't know best. So yeah. with him specifically. So yeah. How do you feel like your parenting styles mesh? So this has been interesting because I was so used to doing things a certain way. Stay-at-home mom, I controlled everything. I Well, not everything. I did not control any finances. But with the activities the kids were in, the kind of food that they ate, uh, chores, screen time, like everything you could imagine, you know. And so that's been tricky because I've had to really kind of think, pick my battles, right? Think about what's important to me. And then, yeah, just realize- on your own in your own house or when you're all together? When we're all together. So so the biggest difference I think that we have is around screen time. And so his kids have get a lot of screen time. I get it. Oh gosh, like no judgment here. We all have, you know, my kids certainly are on screens plenty of times (laughs) in the day. I'm also in a neighborhood where my kids have lots of opportunities to play with other children and to be outside. He's in a different sort of situation where there's, there's not anything else to do. If he wants them off the screens, he has to be the one that plays with them. So that's not an easy thing. And I completely understand that. I just think that's a big difference with us, but Mm -hmm. then the rest is little stuff like drinking pop or staying up later. I, I, the rest is just, you know, being involved in sports and the rest of that is just little stuff. So I try to think at the end of the day, I just want them all to be good people. I don't need, I I try to like big picture it, right? But it's really, really hard. So the screen time thing was something that I realized is is important to me. Mm -hmm. Just no screens when we're out to eat at dinner time. Like just just little stuff like that. My kids, my gosh, they're on screens. I don't want to sound like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I had to pick one. You have some structure around it. Right. And so, and it gives me, it gives me anxiety. I don't like it when kids are on screens and, you know, not interacting with each other, whatever. Anyway, that's just my, my thing. So that's what I've picked to be like when we're together, this is important to me. And he agrees that that's something, but I also don't want to be the bad guy. Right. I don't want him to be like, we're going over to Megan's house. You got to keep your phone in the car. Like, I don't know. It's really hard. It's just really these, these little things are really hard. And making sure that it's sort of a team effort and not like, Mm -hmm. I I can see that that's very tricky. It sounds like maybe you're considering doing some moving forward towards moving or is any of that in the picture? (sighs) Only in thought. So it's hard, right? So we're an Mm -hmm. hour away. It would obviously require me uprooting our lives to be over. Or him, or is he not able? No, I mean, their mom is there and it just wouldn't make sense for their whole family. I don't know. I always tell them it's on the table that I would move. If it ever were something that I would never do, I would tell him right away and I would end it. But I feel like at this point, I care about him so much. I mean, we're in love with each other. Things are so good. And I think, could I find somebody like him in my town? 
maybe, but mm. I'm not going to take that risk. Yeah. It's not worth losing him for that. So I don't know. It, it's hard. Yeah. I can't say it's hard when I'm like, I want to spend all my time with you. I want like, yeah. I, I think you had said the same thing in one of your posts. Like we just want to fast forward to like this family again. We just want this family again. Right. We, we yeah. want, we want you to come to the sporting events and like be a family. And it just is not that easy. Can't go that fast. So. Yeah. And like, even if it does, there's just always this part of me that just wants like what I had before mm-hmm. and it's yeah. never going to be that. Yeah. And this is the part where I'm like, you and I are in such similar situations because I'm like, I really don't want to move because like I live a mile from the lake. I'm like so happy here. Our whole life is here. He really can't move. It's just like... How far apart are you guys? We're an hour. So yeah. we're just going to wait it out for eight years. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. I had said to him, like, what happens if it gets to be another year and we have to do this another year or we're not ready to make the move? And he was like, well, then we keep doing this. We keep doing what we're doing. And I expected him to say, like, then we just end it. But he was like, we just keep yeah. doing this. And I needed to hear that because there's different ways to make it work. That works for everybody. Yeah. But yeah, the idea of right waiting eight years till our kids are graduated (laughs) is painful. Yeah, I mean, like we have had that conversation. Like, yeah, maybe we'll just do this for a long time. And then once the kids grow up, then then we'll find a place to live together. But I feel like the longer we're together, the more we're like, oh, crap, I miss you. And I just want to have breakfast with you in the morning. And I just want to, you know, and have you sleep over. And do you feel like because he's been married twice already that he feels more like there isn't any rush to get to that. How does he feel about marriage in general, being that he's done it a couple times already? Uh, you know, funny enough, he brings it up. He was like, what, is this a place where you'd like to get married? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're a nut. Like you haven't even been divorced a year. I think he's not jaded. I don't know how he's not jaded. He's never, <laughs> he's never said, I don't see a reason to get married again. He happily talks about it, which is funny to me. <laughs> Good for him, right? Yes, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Um, are there things that you feel like you want to talk about that we haven't touched on yet? Um, I always love when you share about how people make it work when they're like, do you sneak them in? Oh, you know what I mean? Like logistically, how did you date? I love when you share that when you're like, I stuck when I, the first time I was like, Pony came over after the kids were in bed. You're like, I do that all the time. I was like, what? Oh. Other people do this too? Yes. Do you still do things like that? No, they know. I just wish we could shift into a, like the bedroom, but he's in the guest room. That's where he sleeps right now. So, Oh, that's right. Because you're still co-sleeping. Yeah. Well, so we've changed. We rotate. So every night I have one kid with okay. me. Okay. And do you see that happening perpetually? Uh, no. Well, so the goal, and he's actually, that's been the one thing that he's very clear about. He's very, I wouldn't say anti, but he he does not want any other kids in the bed if we were to live together. And I completely respect that. My kids yeah. are old enough that that doesn't need to happen. Uh, so that's just been a comfort for me too, right? Sleeping with somebody else, having my one of my kids yeah. in bed with me. And it's a good time for one-on-one with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to have a transition. So I joked with them. I'm like, okay, well, how about every night so a different person gets to sleep with mom, but we can put Jay Pony, we can put Pony in the mix. Like, this is Pony's night to sleep with mom. And they were like, ew. I'm like, oh, you guys, come on. I like that approach, though. You're just going to sneak it in like he's one of your kids. I know, like, this is his night. He's spending the night. I don't know because I want that, but I'm sure everyone thinks not best for the kids. I, they, they're fine with him in the guest room. They don't have a problem with that. So Yeah. Last week, there are like some things on here that I'm like, should I say this? Because at some point in my life, my kids might come back and listen to this. But right. whatever. Last week. 
my boyfriend stayed and he hung out with the kids and he helped put them to bed. It was a really lovely night. Then like we stayed up, right? And I closed the guest room door and I wake up before they do. So I close my bedroom door after I got up. So mm-hmm. they just assumed he was sleeping in the guest room. They were like, is he in there? Yeah. And I was like, uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, you know, you know the rhythms of your house, right? Like they don't right. ever come into my room in the morning. Right. So. And my kids don't wake up, so I'm sure I could move them or I could spend the night in the guest bedroom with him and they probably would, they wouldn't wake yeah. up and know that, but I don't Maybe know. that's your next All step. that stuff is so tricky. <laughs> probably is, but that bed's really small and he'd be like, you can go to bed now. <laughs> Get out of here. Oh my gosh. It's also tricky. Yeah. I know. But you're making it work. Yeah. And you seem really it's happy. Good. Yes. We're all going on a trip to Universal Studios in Florida all the kids in two weeks. And- so <gasps> all This is going to be kids. a big deal. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, I do have this question for you about having so many eyes on your life. What has been the response to sharing openly about Pony or Jason? I know. Most really supportive. The people that haven't been supportive or have had comments maybe that, and and some comments are are trying to be helpful, but I think that those comments come from people that have not walked in our shoes. And so I take it with a grain of salt. I appreciate others' input. I remember... I had asked a question about like, what did your, if you went through this with your parents, what did your parents do and what helped you? That was really interesting. I feel like it's just been way more good than anything that's negative. And I'm trying to be the one that's open enough to share the hard stuff. It gets hard, right? With another person and kids that are mine. So I try to keep their privacy like you do, but he's also not on Instagram. (laughs) So I don't have to. I mean, maybe he goes on once in a while if he's curious, but for the most part, he's not on Instagram. So I don't think he really cares. Yeah. So it's been good. I feel like it's a great community that we have and you don't feel alone and you can inspire people that are brand new to this like we were and we can bounce stuff off each other. I'm really thankful that you're sharing so openly about it because I want to be doing that, but I, for his sake, I won't because there's a lot there, especially with his faith community and the culture that he comes from and all of that. Mm -hmm. It's just really tricky. So I'm just like, I'm so glad that you're doing it because the process in itself is so good for people to see and the hard stuff and you're so honest and raw about it. And yeah, I don't want to be the one that doesn't share it and then just shares like, look at our happy family when there's so much that goes on. And and there's nothing wrong with doing that because, you know, not everybody wants to put their shit on the internet. That's fine. But I don't know. I always feel inspired by people yeah. that are raw and real and vulnerable. So I try to be yeah, that as much you're as rocking that too. for sure. Thanks. Okay. So we know you did online dating and you used Hinge, which is where you met Pony. And I also met my boyfriend. So this is like a plug for Hinge. <laughs> what else did you try? Bumble. And then I was on Tinder for 2.5, but it was What do you so mean creepy. you were on Tinder for 2.5? <laughs> You, it was like, do you want to hook up? Like, what are you doing tonight? And I'm like, I'm not going to do anything with you tonight. I don't know. Um, did you ever try this thing with Tinder where you're like, you're out and you are trying to find somebody in your vicinity to meet with? No. I don't know. I feel like when Tinder was new, that was like what you were supposed to do with it. I'm like, do people do that? No, but I did go to like, I did go to the bigger city mm-hmm. that's closer to me. And then I would find like the guys that only wanted to date people in that city. Like, I think because Pony and I are so far apart, I was in the city that was closer to him. And that's how he was able to find me because he wouldn't have because I was too far away. I got you. (laughs) And you did put your widow status on your profile? Okay. Do you remember what you said? I think I made a light of it. I think I was like, and 
my husband is dead and I have three kids or like something that I kind of was like, wrote it off to not be serious. Yeah. I don't know. Somebody told me the other day that some guy said, responded to that box that said about being a widow and it said something lighthearted, like as long as it wasn't death by poison, I'm game for this or yeah. something. Which I would think would be funny, yeah, me but too. some people might not. No, I liked yeah. <laughs> So do you see yourself getting married again someday? Yeah. You do? Uh-huh. Okay. And any more kids? No way. <laughs> no. Yes. Did you stick with the same gender dating-wise as your husband was? Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, we've talked about sleepovers in your bed. When you were swiping, what did you do with guys named Matt or who looked like him? I couldn't do it. Well, looked like him was fine. I couldn't do the name. Okay. No. Nope. Did anybody reach out to you that had his name? I don't think so. No. And if I did, I didn't respond yeah. back. I couldn't even go it's there. It's just like such no. a trigger thing, I think. Yeah, it's weird. Let's talk Widow's Fire. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and like, when do you feel yeah. like that set in? Oh, gosh. Probably a year a year later. Okay. I was ready and it was like, yeah, I was excited for that for sure. Even in that yeah. first year, did you have like that desire to be touched or was it that was just kind of not in your consciousness? I don't know. It wasn't really. I had my kids at that time for like the first year after he died, every we were all in the same bedroom. Mm. So, you know, like when you have little yeah. kids, right. Or you're breastfeeding or just have little kids in general, right. You're, you get out touched. Yep. And I feel like that's how I was. I was like, I don't want anyone touching me like that. Yeah. You know, like I can't, I have too many, I have three little ones that are always, you know, have to be next to me. No. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Did you give me some song recommendations? I think you did. Yeah. But you know that I'm not like your average. I so They've I gave you like, <laughs> I know. So I'm, I don't know. I am not probably should go have a little more therapy or something. I am not one that, that plays. Well, I'm not one that plays if I, I don't want to be more sad. Yeah. Right. So, so if I'm in a mood, I play like Lizzo Mm -hmm. or like really upbeat, fun girl power. Like I had a playlist. It was called like the bad bitch playlist mm-hmm. that if like a guy ghosts me or, you know, I was feeling down about stuff like that. Yeah. It was, that was what I listened to pump me up. Yeah. So. The Patreons are building a playlist like that. Like a, Oh good. You yeah. go girl. Kind of. That's how, okay. yeah. That's what I, what I need. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So you said uh, Lizzo's song juice and good as hell. Yes. All right. Yes. Well, they're getting <laughs> at it. That's I was the like, deal. I was like, I need to be feeling myself here, not, you know. Yeah. Like, so you never really did griefy music? No, 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 no. Okay. No. Just because it's too intense. Yeah. Before this, I never even cried. Really? Never. Wait, tell me more about that. No. Oh my god. It's never been a cry. I had nothing ever I had nothing ever really wrong with my life. Mm. Isn't that awful? What about like now, sad now movies? No. Not really. Or I avoid it, right? Mm. Or I don't watch. So if you have like a sad playlist, I'm not going to even listen right, to it. Right, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm avoiding. I'm avoiding. Unless I'm already in that space and I'm like, I just, you know, like when you, you know, it's like drink, right? Yeah. It's like when you know you're going to have a grief hangover, you just go all yeah. in. So if I was already sad, I would probably listen to it just to get it all the emotion out yes. of the day, you know? Yeah, that You know what I mean. Totally. That's what I tend no. to do on anniversary days. I'm like, I can feel the build yeah. up. I'm yeah. just going to play all the sad yeah. songs and all his favorite music. Yeah. Get it out of your system and then onward we go. Mm-hmm. All right. Last two questions. The first is, how do you feel like you've changed the most since Matt's death? I've had to really 
lower my expectations as a parent, which was really hard. Mm. It's hard to do all the things. Yeah. Yeah. And then probably just really focus on the people that are in my life that are supporting me and that are showing up for me because it's hard. It's hard to be thrown into this where you feel like maybe you don't belong anymore because you're not part of a couple. So, you know, being happy alone instead of always looking for like the next thing to fill the void. Yeah. Do you think like this tendency to lower your expectations as a parent, do you think there's good that came out of that too? Yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, well, the expectations that were lowered were little stuff like not being able to cook healthy meals all the time, not being able to do all the activities, you know, having to tell one kid they can't do this sport because I can't. So, I mean, to be honest, not, not really, it doesn't feel good, but I can't let myself feel guilty every day for not being able to do those things. So I've had to lower the expectation, like, Hey, if I cook one healthy meal a week, that's a win for me. Totally. Yeah. It's just that kind of stuff. Yeah, that you just let go when there's only one of you. Yes, I know. My biggest struggle is the like after school or maybe after dinner where mm-hmm. I used to like just lean in and play with them. And now I'm like cleaning the kitchen instead. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. Yeah. That's so hard. Yeah, there's all the things to do. And there's one of us. Yeah. So. All right. In any aspect of your life, what's one thing you're looking forward to? Um, I love love again. Mm-hmm. I'm just excited <laughs> for love again, to feel like secure, to feel like I have a person again, because it was so, you're so mad without it. And then you settle into like, okay, I can do this. I'm alone and I can do this. And then you really want it. And so it feels good to have that again. I feel like I spent so many nights where it was a stressful bedtime, or I felt like I had such a hard day with the kids. And then I came downstairs. I'm going to cry. Like then I came downstairs and like, by myself. And I had nobody, you know, I had nobody to talk to. I had nobody to sit with and watch a show with, and it felt so lonely. And so now that even if I can have that kind of night where it's stressful and I know I can call him or he's here is such, such a big relief that it's like, it feels so good. Yeah. We're really not meant to do this alone. (laughs) No, that's for sure. This was so good, Megan. (laughs) Thanks, Thanks, girl. I I really appreciate you. This is good. That is all for this one. If you are a regular listener and you've been enjoying the podcast, or maybe it's your first time hearing it, and you would be willing to give a review on Apple Podcasts or some stars on Spotify, all that stuff goes such a long way towards supporting the show. One other way is through Patreon. So that is patreon.com slash datingafterdeath. You know, it's a little bit of money every month, five, 10, $15. It's up to you. And I give a little something back in return. Really, it's just a way for you to ensure that the show goes on. So I don't have to go back to working full time and stop doing the show. So this show is written and envisioned and planned and scheduled and designed and all those things by me and I love doing it and I love that you're here I will see you all next week